This is the World Industrial News for Monday, January 30th, brought to you by Industrial Info Resources of Sugarland, Texas. This newscast is sponsored by Aviva. Listen to part four of their podcast, How to Leverage the U.S. Infrastructure Bill to Modernize the U.S. Power Grid. It's going to know when to use the power. It's going to know how to use the power on individual reasons. And a lot of that is what we know technically. What we didn't know technically that was addressed by this bill is how to pay for it. Because this is a lot of money to put into basically better living. The parallel to this is probably the interstate highway system. No state or city could have afforded a highway system that was so consistent across the U.S., which then furthered the idea of interstate transport and goods traveling by truck everywhere. We're going to see the same effect on the new digital grid. It's going to understand where to allocate the power, and it's going to have the projects in place to do these basically all at once. Because if you don't, it doesn't make that much difference. Well, perfect. You just you just perfectly teed up my my next question. Mona, you said you're going to get into it. Can you break down this bill for us? How do we follow the funds? What, what how do you see this progressing? Absolutely. And it, so so first off, um, Pat mentioned electrification and, and the fleet. Um, this bill has 65 billion for power and grid, as I mentioned, but there's additional 54 billion for water and wastewater infrastructure. 17 billion for ports and waterways, 7 billion set aside for resiliency, 64 billion for broadband, 16 billion for Amtrak, and the list just goes on. There's there's 39 billion for public transit. Airports are receiving 25 billion dollars. And then last but not least, the first electric vehicle charging federal spend in our history, 7.5 billion dollars for EVs and then another 7.5 billion for buses. So I just, okay, I just need to take a sip of water after that because that's a lot of money that is going from the federal government to the states. And so the electric sector is going to play a really prominent role in making sure, especially absorbing and helping bring about this electrification that the Biden administration has supported and wanted for so long. And in addition to, you know, these different pots of money that are at play specifically for the power and grid sector, the U.S. Department of Energy is launching a better, building a better grid initiative. The building a better grid initiative is an effort to encourage the modernization of the nation's existing electric transmission grid. And so there is a focus, you know, around the need for more transition, more grid resiliency in order to achieve the goals of the, of the overall bill. To hear the full podcast, search for IIR's Industry Today podcast on your favorite podcast provider. Industrial Info is pleased to be presenting a complimentary webinar on the spending outlook for the global metals and minerals industry. The webinar will be held on Wednesday, February 15th at 10 a.m. Central Time. Industrial Info is tracking more than $2 trillion worth of active metals and minerals projects across the world. Learn more about which companies are pursuing these projects and the direction of new trends in the industry. We hope 
that you will be able to join us for this timely and informative webinar. Visit industrialinfo.com for more information and to RSVP. Excel Energy Incorporated reported solid profit growth for 2022 and is preparing for a substantial build-out in its transmission and distribution business across Colorado and its power generation business in Minnesota. Industrial Info is tracking about $9 billion in active projects from Excel, with about $3.5 billion and $5.5 billion attributed to power generation and T&D projects, respectively. California's roadmap to a decarbonized electric future was jolted on January 24th after the staff of the U.S. Nuclear Regulatory Commission denied a request from Pacific Gas and Electric Company, owner and operator of the Diablo Canyon Nuclear Power Station, that the nuclear regulator resume work on a license extension for the two-unit plant that was originally submitted in 2009 but was withdrawn and terminated in 2018 pursuant to a deal with California regulators. In rejecting the utility's request, Lauren K. Gibson, chief of the License Renewal Projects Branch in the NRC's Office of Nuclear Reactor Regulation, wrote, Based on NRC's regulations, NRC's principle of good regulation, the lack of sufficient information to support your request, that the staff resume its review of the withdrawn application and the lack of relevant precedent to support that request, the NRC staff will not initiate or resume the review of the withdrawn Diablo Canyon power plant application. In the race to replace carbon-dense fuels in the transportation sector, who goes first, supply or demand? To achieve that balance, it would really require a three-legged race. Tied together, they have to hit the finish line simultaneously. If only it were that simple. For electric vehicles, there are at least two different races. Battery electric vehicles, which get 100% of their power from the plug, are considered the gold standard for green personal transportation. But for heavy-duty vehicles like 18-wheelers, farm tractors, and construction equipment, batteries are too bulky at the sizes that would be needed to move so much weight over such long operating times. So there must be another denser alternative for energy storage. For details on these and other breaking news, read the full stories at www.industrialinfo.com. I'm Peggy Tuck reporting for Industrial Info News.